hi guys this is adam goet he is the vp of marketing at g2 crowd like he is a growth marketing b2b saas executive with 15 plus years of experience developing digital social and content marketing strategies over all these 15 years so adam can you tell us a little bit about yourself and like what you do what's your background Yeah. So um, my background um, had a little bit of an unconventional kind of road to where I am. Um, so I went to school for journalism. Uh, decided uh, kind of in my last year I did not want to go into journalism, uh, and so kind of ended up in kind of different couple different companies. Right. Uh, one was consumer electronics, doing product management. Um, I worked for a document management company. And then I was kind of at this uh, specialty moving company, kind of running their marketing department. Um, and I realized, kind of, I loved the company and stuff, but it wasn't really cutting edge. So we weren't moving a lot of things forward, so my learning kind of stalled out. So, really, at the time, I was getting into, into email marketing pretty heavily at the company, and I ended up taking on a lot of side projects, um, mm-hmm. just to kind of keep learning and work with other companies. Uh, and then kind of made the jump into the startup world and ended up. Uh, Working at a couple different companies and uh, kind of advanced my career. I'm here at G2 Crowd now, uh, so I head up uh, growth and kind of customer acquisition. Um, mm-hmm. So I work super closely with the sales team. Um, and for those who don't know, um, G2 Crowd is the the biggest B2B kind of review platform out there. Um, so we are basically a, a giant marketplace uh, of where people are coming to make decisions, um, and we have over you know. Half a million reviews of products on there, and so it's pretty powerful um, mm-hmm. how people are leveraging, you know, reviews and, and the tools we provide them. Right. right. That sounds like a cool journey you had, and like uh, it seems like you have built uh, this path for yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I don't think there was a set defined kind of path where I wanted to go. It just kind of as you're kind of evolving in your career, I think you realize like, oh, yeah, like I don't want to be doing this. More. And I think it's okay to kind of shift past radically, right? And I think right. part of it, like one thing leads into another, right? You end up with strengths that people maybe who are just in kind of the growth world or demand gen world don't have necessarily because of your background. So that's kind of nice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Since you have been into SaaS for a, a very long time, I want to know, like, what are your thoughts on the current state of SaaS marketing? Like, how do you think have uh, the things changed in the past few years in SaaS marketing since you have been working in a long time? Yeah, I think the biggest things is like, you know, there's been a ton of change. I think. Uh, But then also no change at all, and I and kind of what I mean by that is like I think the technology marketers are using has changed rapidly, right? Um, if you think about marketing automation and what it was to where it is today, uh, it's kind of night and day difference, right? And the personalization people can give on websites and the targeting available um, on all the different ad networks and platforms and ABM and you know, all these things uh, have really kind of shifted. I think. Um, The tactics, but I think the overall uh, methodology and approach of like what makes good marketing is uh-huh. still the same. Right? It's it's really about you know assuming you have kind of the right product fit for the market and you're filling a need. Then it's really I think about delivering kind of a compelling message to people you know in their journey at the right time in the right place, right? And and that never changed, right? Yeah. We have more tools to equip us to deliver to do that uh, and more efficiently. Uh, but I think that that 
concept is really what made marketing good, you know, 10 years ago and what made it good five years ago and today too, right? And the companies that are, are best at doing that stuff are just getting really fine-tuned in, in, in delivering that message. Right. So you said pretty much the things have been the same. They haven't changed a lot. Like what, what people have been, what SaaS companies have been doing in the last 10 years, they have been doing still the same. So do you want to share any of the non-conventional strategies that you know that really work well? Yeah, so I, I think, uh, you know, I think some of the best strategies I've seen kind of work well. I think, um, you know, like I said, it's about delivering the right message to the right person at the right time. And, and I've been mm -hmm. lucky enough kind of in my career, I've been involved in a lot of, you know, different approaches and tactics. So, you know, I've been part of uh, a national TV campaign. I've run radio. I've run digital. Um, mm -hmm. I've run, you know, all kinds of different campaigns. And really the one... Um, one campaign I, I just sticks out in my head um, where I think it kind of epitomized this kind of delivering the right message and right value to the person. Uh, when I was at a company called Field Blends, I was heading up their marketing. Um, it's a construction management app. So uh, yeah. you think about, you know, a project, basically a regular construction site, uh, a foreman or GM is out there doing the job all day, working, taking notes, basically. And at the end of the day, he has to send back a daily report. Um, and so he goes back to, you know, the little like, um, shelter you kind of see set up on these job sites, right? These little trailers and he goes in there and it's five o'clock and rather than going home for the day and having a beer and relaxing, you know, he's got to go back there and write up all these notes. And so really like the, the software and, and the app was designed so that they could do it throughout the day and it automatically created that report for them. And so the campaign we ran, um, that was super effective uh, was we targeted construction users on Facebook um, and we used their interests and hobbies to basically target the messages. So like uh, for instance, down South in, in the U S right? Like you have a lot of hunters, you have a lot of fishers, you have all, all these kind of hobbies. And so the ad was very little about the product. It was like, it was, I think the message was something along the lines of like, uh, more time back to doing what you want and less time doing, you know, daily reports. And it was an image of a guy fishing, right? And it was like, download the app today. That did phenomenal for us. And we had like 50 variations, right? Of someone skiing in the wintertime, of somebody on a boat, and we're leveraging basically someone's personal interest and then what's blocking them from getting there. And so I think that's an area where it's like we had the fit for the product and we combined it with that message to someone that would really resonate, right? And so, uh, so I think like that was a campaign that we saw a huge success with in terms of conversion rates and stuff like that. That sounds like a really great campaign. I think like no one else would have spotted uh, that kind of gray area, like selling the idea of uh, the app and not the app itself. And I think that was the selling the idea of the app was the best thing to do for those workers because, uh, or the fishermen or the hunters, because they're best at fishing and they're best at hunting. They shouldn't yeah. be on taking reports and doing things that they are not best at. So yeah, they're not, they're, the reality is like, they're not passionate about apps and technology, right? Those same way a marketer might, they don't really care about any of that stuff. They just want to get home and, and, and some of their job is like that daily grind kind of piece of it, right? They, if you could eliminate, that's their pain point, right? And so it's not like, oh, you can get this beautiful report. They don't care about that. But if you can solve for that pain point um, and deliver that message in a way that kind of hits that home, I think that's where you kind of see big impact. Well, no matter what the channel, that's just one example, right? If you're doing direct mail, 
how do you replicate it there? If you're running a TV ad, how do you replicate it there? I think just taking that mindset of understanding your buyers and like what is the true pain point you're helping to solve. Right. So th this was like the unconventional idea which you worked on. So have you seen any SaaS company of which you really admire for their unconventional strategies of marketing? Yeah, so I think um, I think there's a lot of good SaaS companies out there doing a lot of interesting marketing. Um, you know, I've gotten a couple of direct mail pieces uh, lately that I thought were interesting. Uh, someone gave me a book with a handwritten note, and that kind of cut through the noise. And I sign up for everything. I'm like a uh, I'm like a junkie with this sort of stuff. I will sign up for any newsletter, any demo request, just because I want to see like what the experience is that other companies are doing. Right. So mm -hmm. I get a ton of nurture emails. Um, and I think the ones that are best are when people are reaching me across multiple channels. Um, uh -huh. They're delivering a consistent message. And it's not like I fill out a form and suddenly I have a BDR calling me 20 times in two days and sending me random LinkedIn messages, right? Like it's more of a target, thoughtful kind of outreach. Uh, and, and so, you know, specific campaigns, uh, nothing kind of pops to mind outside. Of, I've gotten, like I said, the book kind of direct mailer, I thought kind of really cut through the noise. Um, but yeah, so what was the book? Um, so it was, um, growth. Uh, what was it? I just, I have it sitting on my desk. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of it. It's basically about scaling, um, a startup. And so, which is like, it's the right message because obviously I leave growth acquisition at a startup, right. And where that's the mindset we're in. Um, I think it's like, I don't want to say the growth handbook. I'll try I'll, I'll ping you after. I kind of forget the name of it off the top of my head. But it had a handwritten note in there. And it was kind of an interesting approach, um, I thought. So. But it, is, it was a physical book, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So sending sending physical books in the world of ebooks or the era of ebooks is really, and with obviously with a personal load. So it's like really unconventional. And it's not like anyone, uh, most of people would be doing this. You know, suppose that and it's not a high cost ticket, right? Like, so it's fifteen dollars to send me a book. I also have people send me like chocolate, like, yeah, it doesn't like do anything, right? Like, I just put that out on the marketing table and everyone eats chocolate, but nobody's like, oh, this is cool, like a company, right? It doesn't set any impression in my head, uh, and it's not tied to anything. It's just sending me a gift to send me a gift, which is nice, um, but it doesn't make me more interested or intrigued or anything like that. So th there's this one thing which I really tried. So I wanted to get in touch with a person here in Pune locally. And uh, it was really hard to get in touch with them. So I just sent them a box full of chocolates, but it was locked. And there was a note. So it was a transparent box. And there was a note saying, hey, if you want uh, a key to unlock this box of chocolates, then just call me on my number. Okay, I like that. Yes, I like the, uh, somebody I used to work with got sent a uh, remote control for a drone, but not the drone itself. Uh -huh. uh, like, if you want the rest of this, uh, call me to take an order or to take a demo request. So I thought that was an interesting approach. So it was, uh, mm -hmm. the book was High Growth Handbook. Okay. High Growth Handbook, yeah, by Eli Gill. Someone sent me that. So. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. So about so about some conventional strategies. So any of your conventional strategies that you have implemented, so have they failed or they did not meet your expectations? Any of those strategies you want to share? Yeah. So I mean, I've had plenty of failures. I think one of the big things is like I always want to be 
test everything, right? And so I think like we have a big testing mindset when we do emails, for instance, like we'll send four variations to a pool, select the winner, send another variation with that, you know, and tweak the subject line. So over the course of an email drip campaign, we might send 40 emails, right? So like, I think in that you have a bunch of failures along the way, right? And I think like there's things that are like table stakes, I think for what every probably SaaS marketer should be doing, right? Like, you know, you have nurture streams, you have a website that's optimized, you're doing all these like basic things. And I think that's like standard um, of like things you need to get up and going and running. Um, and then I think on top of that, really, I, I kind of like the 80-20 kind of rule where 80% are like things we know we should be doing and maybe there's testing we're doing within it. But then like the other 20% is maybe more unconventional stuff like sending a book or like running that ad campaign where like, I have no idea if this is going to work or not. Right. And like, sometimes you do it and you feel really good about it. And then it's like, yeah, it's, it's working. It's awesome. Right. And then other times you do it and it's like, well, oh, that didn't work at all. Right. And so I think it's, I, there's been probably too many of those to count, um, you know, of things I've tried and it just didn't work for whatever reason, direct mailer that you send and you get no response at. Um, so yeah, there's been plenty of those. I think if you're not having enough of those, you're definitely not testing enough uh, okay. and trying enough things. So uh, any of those strategies that you have used, have any of them consisted of videos? Um, yeah, so we do videos a decent amount. Um, I would say we don't do it in dedicated campaigns necessarily. Um, we use video a lot on landing pages, uh -huh. uh, emails, help with conversions, like LinkedIn, stuff like that. Um, I think the problem with video today, like, especially on like LinkedIn is like everyone uses it, um, to the point of like, not everyone who should be using it is not everyone's using it the right way. Right. Everyone, a lot of people think they just need to be doing video. So they do like a hot take on some, you know, walking down the street, 20 seconds of like, here's what I think, da, 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 da. but it's not really adding, adding any value to the conversation. Like when I go through LinkedIn now, like almost every other post is a video. Uh, and I think some people are really good at doing them and they're engaging and I like watching them and some people, it has the opposite effect. And I think we're going to hit a point here where it's like almost overload. I think with the amount of videos people are putting and uh -huh. it'll probably be like a bounce back to like long form content or, you know what I mean? I think like you can do it really well or you can do it really bad. And I think it's like, it's the same with anything, right? With right. like when people are doing blog posts, everyone tried then just hacking it and then we were putting out blog posts and just trying to do volume of blog posts, but the content itself wasn't really that valuable. Right. And so mm -hmm. it was like, you don't end up building a true like following by just putting out like, you know, mediocre kind of video content or blog content. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, I think, you know, I think where it's probably headed next and where people are going to start transforming, I think it's like longer form content for video, more interesting, uh, takes on it from a marketing standpoint, right? Whether it's people doing more interviews, shows, you know, case studies, you know, using customer testimonials, all those sorts of things. I think it's kind of the next wave um, of where video will go and, and really trying to personalize it a little bit more. Yeah. So social ready videos, so do they have a place in SaaS marketing? So, so like those 80% of strategies that you mentioned, 80% of conventional strategies. So do you see in that 80% videos taking considerable amount of place in marketing strategy? Yeah, I think video definitely plays a big role in marketing. Uh, you know, it's way more digestible. 
Um, people interact with it a lot more. Um, so I think, it, again, it has all of its usefulness. I think, I think it's using it right. And again, it's about kind of delivering the right message in the video as well to the right user at the right time, right? So like a case study or video review is awesome uh, for maybe somebody who's in the consideration phase, but as a top of the funnel piece, I'm not interested really probably in what somebody else has to say about your product because I don't even know what your product is yet, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I think it's like, Again, it's got to align in that that similar mindset of how you're thinking about the overall kind of structure of things. Okay, and uh, so do you think uh, like video marketing is taking place or replacing images and textual based content in maybe advertising? Um, I don't think it's replacing it. I think it'll be a component of it, right? And so I think like that's like all those blog posts you read, like eight years ago that are like email marketing is dead. Uh -huh. It's not right? like it's just people are fine tuning and now like they're using video and email marketing. Right. So like I, it's just an evolution of things and I don't, it's just another channel and just another form of communication. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like not everyone consumes video, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, just because I watch a lot of video on LinkedIn or consume it a lot and watch YouTube and all this sort of stuff doesn't mean everyone's doing that. Right. So I think it's, it's understanding your audience and where you want to be and where they're engaging, um, right. where it makes the most sense. So I, I don't think it'll be replacing everything. I think it, it's obviously maybe taking more of the pie. Um, but I think ultimately like it's just going to be a part of the mix and that's mm. that mix is constantly evolving, right? Like, you know, Instagram wasn't a thing, you know, seven, eight years ago. And now it's like, that's part of a big part of the social media mix. Right. And so like these things are like shifting forever. And so I think it's, that's kind of why I meant like everything's changed, but nothing's changed. Cause like mm. the tactics and approaches aren't changing it's just you're custom fitting it to LinkedIn and figure or Instagram and figuring out how that works for your business. Right. So, uh, and what do you think, like uh, in the marketing funnel? So, videos would work for which stage? Like, would it work well for the top of the funnel, or would it work well for the bottom of the funnel? I think it works well for both. I think it's the what is the content of the video, right? So, right. like I said a case study or video testimonial for a customer probably works great for people who are maybe in the consideration phase or like exploring products a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we've seen a lot of success with video reviews on G2 crowd um, right. where people engage with them at a high rate because someone's on the site, right? Trying to read about the product reviews and like rather than read about it, I'd rather watch someone tell me about it. Um, mm -hmm. The final that video itself probably doesn't work, but the concept of video does, right? Like having um, like a whiteboard, Friday kind of thing, whiteboard Wednesdays, you know, like Moz was doing for a while. Like that's great top of the funnel content that engages people. So I think video will work in any stage of the funnel. It's more about the what message are you delivering in it. Right. I agree. It's about the context and what the content in the video is about. Yeah. So, uh, so I want to know like how G2 Crowd is using videos to reach people or to acquire people in different stages of the funnel. Yeah. So, um, so G2 Crowd as like as a company, right, and our product, uh, video reviews is a big part of our platform that we're building out. Uh, and so we're kind of, our customers are leveraging video reviews on the platform. But for my role specifically of growth and acquisition, uh, we're using a lot of video roles uh, more so we have a whole kind of content strategy in the works that we're building out. That's going to be a lot of the top of the funnel videos. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we are using a lot of our own video reviews that we're collecting video case studies to equip the sales team with to use emails 
Um, our sales team actually uses video a lot. They'll do quick screen share videos uh, and kind of share them out uh, to prospects when they're having conversations and cold emails and stuff like that. Uh, so we're using it in a lot of different places of the funnel. Uh, we're also kind of experimenting with a bunch of video ads and stuff on uh, LinkedIn as well. That's really great. That's like you're using most of the platforms you are covering with videos now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there's like I said, it's it's more about figuring out where we want to use it and like how, so like what what the right message for those is. Right, and I I really want to see like how B two B guys use videos, like because uh, generally like video works very well for B two C people, and there are like a lot of options, but the options are limited when it's a B two B thing. Yeah. So would really love to see like how B2B guys are exploring the power of video marketing. Yeah, I think I mean there's so many there's so many video tools coming out now too, right? And like interesting players where you can convert people like in a Wistia, right? Like mm-hmm. where you can catch that conversion right within the video. So it's it's built into a demand gen kind of experience and built for that. And so uh, I think it's just going to get more and more enhanced about the ways you can kind of leverage it. So it's not just like, oh, and watch this video. And like in the old days, I felt like you would send someone to YouTube, right, to watch your video. And like nobody's doing that anymore. That's almost becoming like an, everyone's posting videos on their own sites and you know different platforms. So it's I think the tentacles of it are really from the technology standpoint for B two B, like you said, is really just kind of getting started. And you're also seeing like way more B2B TV commercials. Um, I just feel like you're seeing kind of more people move into that space overall. Right. So I also work with Rocketium, you know, and we are also a video creation platform. What our platform can do to bloggers and what our platform can do for B2B guys is, so they create a lot of content, right? And so we have a feature which allows you to uh, make a video out of your content. So like if you have a blog, you just put, take that URL, you put it in the tool and the tool, so you can make like a video out of your blog in like one or two minutes. It's that easy. Okay. Yeah. So the, so this kind of uh, maybe uh, would uh, a lot of bloggers and B2B companies who have really, who are really finding it hard to create video content. So they would find it uh, really amazing to generate their existing content, which is in the blog form or the textual form or the images form. So convert it into a video and they can leverage that uh, that video content over video enabled platforms like YouTube or IGTV or Instagram. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think, uh, like in video marketing, like in SaaS, like where is it going? Like, do you see a huge future uh, in like video marketing since IGTV has come up? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's growing. I think it's, again, there's more and more video on all the platforms, right? So like, like I said, they're seeing more video on LinkedIn. You're seeing more videos on Instagram with IGTV and stories now are basically like little videos. And so you're starting to see B2B companies leverage uh, their own pages to do more of that stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think the question, and I think where everyone's trying to figure out is like, what's what's the right message to be sending on those platforms? Like what is the engagement strategy? Um, But definitely you're going to see more and more companies going to get creative. I think they're using those tools Um, and for especially the top of the funnel content. So, I mean, that's where I think it's, that stuff is built for. And then I think, you know, you're seeing more and more again, like we're seeing a huge spike in in video testimonials on G2 crowd. 
um, mm -hmm. and huge engagement with those videos. So I think you're seeing it like G2 Ground would be more of a consideration, bottom of the funnel kind of flow, right, versus an IGTV. Uh, and I think you're, you're seeing it across a lot of different spectrums, and I think, like I said, so I think you'll see continue to see that happening, and I think the tools and technologies uh, are going to be way more accessible, right? Any, any company now can start creating videos and pretty high quality videos, you know, mm -hmm. with the cameras out there today and, and the technology is online, uh, mm -hmm. the softwares you can use to pull together videos. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I think you're only going to see more and more production kind of out of different companies. You don't need a whole video staff to create a video, whereas maybe 10 years ago you needed like mm -hmm. someone who knew how to basically do animations and could mm -hmm. splice a video and do sound and all that. And right. I, you're kind of past that point now, right? So it's it's accessible to everyone. Right. So it's become a lot easier for everyone and anyone with uh, with a little knowledge or with no knowledge to create a video. Like there are a lot of platforms that are evolving, which lets you add transition effects, which lets to add music, images, and all. So like it's like accessible to everyone now. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so let's say uh, if you have an audience and if you have this uh, like on YouTube which is like a horizontal platform. And if you have the same audience on Instagram or IGTV, which is like a vertical platform. So which do you think would you target? Like a horizontal video or a vertical video? Um, I think it depends on a little bit of your overall like social strategy of, of who's following you, right? Like a lot of people use Instagram for you know, community building or employment um, mm -hmm. and showing off kind of their company culture. So, uh, mm -hmm it's just a great way to engage people on there. So I think it's more about like what's your overall strategy on that platform right. would be like, which one's better than another, for instance. So I think like, you know, if you have a large following, like if you're HubSpot, right. And they have a huge following for like their employees and the culture, uh, you know, the, the videos they'll post on IGTV are probably pretty meaningful to them. Um, and it's probably more, about internal things and anything else, whereas maybe a YouTube, for instance, um, is more just like training videos or best practice or here's how you use HubSpot, right? Because someone might be searching um, right. within YouTube of like how-to videos. So that's kind of the way I think it of the two are a little bit different, and I think it's really about like what are your what's your company's goal on that channel, right? So that's really interesting. And I think I agree with that also because like it really depends on the, again, the message that you have to send and it depends on where your audience is actually. Like if you yep. have the community around it, so like I agree that you have to, you can go with IGTV because that's evolving. That's a really good competitor to YouTube. But uh, then people who have been on YouTube, like you have built their audience on YouTube, moving to IGTV for them would be really difficult. Yeah. So earlier you said like you subscribe to all the all the newsletters, you subscribe to all the uh, like different uh, channels, different platforms, different accounts. So anywhere listeners can reach out to you so that if they have some unconventional strategies to get uh, to you, maybe for something, maybe for, for, for your help. So how can they reach you? Yeah, the best way would be to reach out to me on LinkedIn. So uh, full name is Adam Goyette. Um, so should be pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. Um, that'd be the best way to get a hold of me. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm on. So that's the one I probably pay the most attention to. So thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for yeah. taking the time. Thanks for having me on.